This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Prime Time Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Happy Father's Day, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50-plus in your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And we have a very interesting show planned for you today. Dennis Mitchell is joining us today. He's the CEO and CIO of Starlight Capital. And he's here to talk about how compound interest in real estate works and how you can increase your rental income and the growth of the property values and how that all compounds with your returns. But first, last week, Andrew Hallam, he's the best-selling author of a book called Balanced, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth. He joined us to talk about his fantastic book. But the good news is he sent us a few extra books. So we're going to have another draw for his book. And and his book kind of goes over daily routines that can help you make money um, how to pick a portfolio allocation that'll keep you on track all the way through your working life and all the way through retirement, and then how to boost well-being and longevity in your golden years. So it's an excellent book, an excellent take on finances and how you relate it back to your life and your uh, your health and all of that. So it's a, it's a great concept to take a look at. But we have a few more copies. So all you have to do now is give uh, Dominic a call at one 866 891-2637, and we have a few more books, and we'll put your name into the draw for Andrew's book. The other folks that won last week, the books are on the way to you. Um, again, it's called Balance, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth. Um, I want to talk to you about a seminar, too, that's coming up on July 26th. I know it's really important, and, and all the reviews that I did with clients over this week kind of uh, you know entailed talking about estate planning. So, you know... Here's why estate planning is really important. When you look at the latest research, it kind of points to Canadians are really confused by the overall focus of what estate planning is and what it's all about. And what's happening now because of the age of baby boomers, about a trillion dollars plus is expected to be transferred between generations between, you know, now in 2023 and 2030. So a trillion dollars is going to get transferred through estate planning. 46% of Canadians out there, though, don't have any kind of aspect towards that. 46% don't have a financial advisor, a, fin- a written plan, and a formal estate plan. And the number of people that reported they don't have all three is 13%. So 13% don't even have all three of those put together. So Canadians are expected to you know, inherit on one side and then bequest on the other side a trillion dollars of wealth. That's a massive number at the end of the day. So that's where we're going to require some you know, serious planning, guidance, so myself and our team, over the last 20 years, we've been helping clients understand what's at stake here and find the resources that they need about estate planning strategies. So what we did was we talked to our um, estate planning specialist that deals with our team directly. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a special seminar on that. And, and the biggest focus that I've talked about with our clients is, is a struggle for you know choosing an executor and choosing someone to be your power of attorney. So we're going to focus on that. Um, our planner's name is uh, Manish Kasrani, and um, what we're going to go over on July the 26th is how to choose an executor, the duties of an executor, 
and then easing the burden of being an executor, which with which is called the agent for executor. So that's help that you can pay for to help the executor. Uh, structuring a complete estate plan and then choosing a power of attorney. So that's going to be on July the 26th. It's going to be a webinar. So it's going to be easy. You can in your, um, just kind of dial it up uh, at your convenience there. It's going to run around 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. We'll have the time set out. So I'll just give Dominique a call now if you're interested in attending. It's going to be, you know, at the end of July. So you got lots of time here. So one 891 26 37. That's one 891 26 37 to sign up for our webinar. And that's going to be on July the 26th. And then with that, the, the information that we're going to uh, talk about there, we'll be able to send out to you. Okay. So stay right there. Dennis Mitchell is going to join us right now. And he's going to talk about uh, compound interest in real estate, the outlook for office and retail real estate, and a lot more. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Dennis Mitchell. He's the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Investment Officer at Starlight Capital. Hey, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for uh, taking the time to join us here again today. Anytime, Richard. Good to be with you. You know, this interest rate policy in Canada, United States, is interesting because, you know, Canada was first to, to pause and then came back and raised another quarter point. And now the U.S. has done the opposite and they've uh, paused. You know, when you look at interest rates and interest rates hikes, what's the, the impact of all this on real estate? Right. Well, uh, of course, it is a little confusing for the, for not just for the layperson, but for professionals like myself with uh, central banks hiking, pausing, pausing, and then hiking again. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the fact that central banks are hiking and pausing and pausing and hiking adds to uncertainty, Right. What is the terminal rate of interest rates in the economy? How do I figure out which interest rate to use for discount rates, for valuing real estate? So that becomes a bit of a challenge. And quite frankly, that's why you really should be concentrating in high-quality businesses that have that strong recurring free cash flow, such that whether it's 5% or 45 or 5.5%, your business is going to be resilient, it's still going to be there, and it's going to be able to generate rising cash flows and rising distributions. But you know, our own thoughts are that inflation has come off significantly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in the U.S., they hit 4%. Uh, that's down from a peak of over 9% last year at this time. So we're in the right direction. And let's not forget, Richard, that both the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve have hiked interest rates by almost 500 basis points yeah, exactly. in the last 13, 14 months. A lot of that hasn't actually hit the economy. And it'll it'll take even longer in the U.S. because, of course, in the U.S., the average mortgage is a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, whereas in Canada, the average mortgage is a five-year fixed-rate mortgage. So we'll feel the impact in Canada sooner, than, sooner and more sharply than they will in the United States. Uh, so I think the Bank of Canada is largely done, and I really don't think that the Fed has much more left in the tank either. One, maybe two 25 basis point hikes this year, whereas I, I do think the Bank of Canada is pretty much done. Okay, that's interesting. You know... The government here in Canada, again, is, you know, totally different than what's happening in the United States. And they're kind of, they seem really focused on residential real estate. There's a new um, uh, first homeowner's savings plan that's uh, just come out. Uh, and we're doubling immigration to about 500,000 people this year. So how can the, the listeners and the investors out there leverage uh, all of this? Yeah, great point, Richard. Um, I'll start with the immigration target. Like, 
we 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 bring in 250,000 immigrants per year and as the uh, proud son of of immigrants who came to this country I can understand why um, now doubling that target to 500,000 creates some challenges if we look at the vacancy rate uh, for residential real estate doesn't matter if it's homes or apartments or condos it's only about 2% nationally but then if you look at the big six markets in this country, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal, that vacancy rate is closer to 1%. So you're adding a ton of demand to a market that uh, doesn't have a lot of slack in it. Uh, you can clearly see where home prices and, and condo rents and apartment rents are going to be pushed up further. Um, and now when you start to bring in sort of the first home savings plan, the impact of that plan is to make it easier for renters to save up that down payment to enter the home ownership market. So I do like the sentiment of that program where you're trying to take renters and turn them into homeowners sooner to create more wealth in the economy. I like the sentiment of that plan. But when you take both of those things together, increased immigration and the first home savings plan, it's clear that we need to create more supply. Um, but in the short term, it's positive for rents and it's positive for homeowner, uh, home prices. So from our standpoint, we have a lot of our portfolio in residential plays, whether it's in Canada or the United States, whether it's single family homes, apartments or manufactured homes, because we do see that upside. And so investors who might feel like their rent is going to continue to go up, one of the natural hedges is to buy a publicly traded company that owns apartments or condos or what have you that will benefit from rent growth. Um, and, all, and as always, Richard, if investors don't feel comfortable doing it on their own, I'm happy to take their capital and do it on their behalf. Right. That's, uh, that's the thing. It's, it's difficult to do. You know, like I, my family's been in the, in the business for 50 years and the apartment buildings. And, you know, I think there was a span there probably 40 years where no one, no one built any apartment buildings. So, yeah, and that, that, just, that can't be the case. I mean, if, if I take the numbers and break them down for you, Richard, there's going to be 1.5 million new Canadians over the next three years just through immigration alone. Uh, historically, 77% of new immigrants into the country have settled in the province of Ontario. And for that 77%, 50% of them have historically settled in the GPA. And so when you do the math, 1.5 million people times 77% times 50%, that's 572,000 new people in the GTA. That's the, pro that's the population of Brampton that is going to settle in the province of, in the GTA in the next three years. We are definitely going to need more than 300 apartments here and 1,000 apartments here to accommodate that influx. Yeah, that's for sure. Let's take a break there, uh, Dennis. When we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit about some other areas of uh, real estate, you know, things like um, where we're getting, you know, questions about, you know, office space and retail real estate. And, you know, then and another big topic is uh, artificial intelligence and how that can affect uh, real estate. So uh, let's take a break there and we'll we'll be right back. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino and Primetime Money. And joining us now is Dennis Mitchell, the Chief Executive Officer and Chief Investment Officer at Starlight Capital. Dennis, we've been talking a bit about, you know, what's been happening with uh, interest rates in Canada and the United States. Let's talk a little bit about, um, 
you know, different areas of real estate and, and questions that we've been getting, and, and thanks for being here to answer them, is, you know, one area is what's happening with uh, office real estate and what's happening with retail real estate. And is it time, because a lot of those um, REITs have, you know, come off quite a bit, is it time to start picking away at those sectors? Yeah, that's a question I get quite a bit as well, too, Richard. So I'll, I'll start with office, and I'll say that uh, the transition and sort of the turmoil in office continues. Um, we've heard about a number of companies sort of instituting mandates to bring employees back to the office, either for three days or full time. Uh, and that's met with a lot of resistance. Uh, I think employees have, I think employees have realized that they can be more personally productive working from home. Now, I say personally productive because it means that people can be home to make breakfast for their kids, to see them off to school. They can get housework done, errands done, and at the same time, um, get work done for their employer. And so the personal efficiency comes in in that the time that they used to spend commuting during the workday, uh, they can spend doing their own personal stuff, and they would argue without detracting from the time they would normally spend working for their employer. And I think the challenge for employers is that you're missing some of that in-person interaction. Um, and quite frankly, I think for younger employees, you're missing that sort of mentorship and sort of learning by osmosis uh, that comes with being in the office and uh, and chatting with uh, your peers and, and people who've been in the role for a longer period of time. So it's this sort of tension and back and forth that is making it the outlook for office very, very challenging. Uh, more recently, the office physical attendance in the New York City, specifically the Manhattan office market, is only at about 50%. And for Canadians, it might seem how, you, you might be asking the question, how can you figure that out? Most office buildings in Manhattan and New York require you to swipe your key card in order to get onto the elevators and get in. So tracking that data gives you a really good idea of how many employees are actually coming in and out of the office building every day. So at only 50%, I would say there are a lot of challenges still ahead for the office environment. Um, and anyone looking to allocate capital to office REITs, you're really going to have to do your due diligence on where the assets are located, what's their quality and competitiveness in that market, and increasingly, who are the tenants and what is their return-to-work policy. So it's still a real challenge, and, and I would caution investors from allocating to that space. We, we currently don't have any traditional office in our portfolio right now. Now, pivoting to retail, because that's a sector I get similar questions on, I actually think the outlook for retail is a lot better, especially the necessity retail, Richard. Um, okay. Companies that have tenants that are grocery stores or drug stores, you know, whether you're working from home or not, you know, whether GDP is positive 2% or negative 2%, people are going to continue to pick up their prescriptions and buy food. You know, they may cut back on some other areas, like gym memberships may come under pressure and you may not have to go and see that big new blockbuster movie in the theater. But I think retail that's oriented towards necessities is, is proven to be resilient, even during the pandemic, and I think will continue to be resilient. But you're going to want to avoid sort of those big regional malls where they've got a lot of exposure to electronics or clothing. That's going to remain challenged going forward. And if, if we do enter a recession, those are the sectors that are going to be hit the hardest and, and the quickest, I would say, as well. So buyer beware when it comes to both office and retail. But if I had to choose, I would say the low rate of unemployment and the current resiliency of the consumer would, you know, would, would bias me towards necessity retail first over other forms of retail and certainly over office. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, now, the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about and um, focus kind of on here is 
how can artificial intelligence, that's a big thing today, and I know, um, you know, what's happened with NVIDIA, and we, thankfully we have that with our clients, has done exceptionally well, so it's brought a lot of focus there. So what, what would this mean, like artificial intelligence, and how can it be applied to, like, real estate industry? Yeah, certainly a buzzword, and kudos to you for having NVIDIA on your clients' portfolios. It shows the benefits of working with a professional, for yeah. sure. Um, so AI has been something that has been driving both data creation and uh, data storage demands for a number of years now. But it's really sort of the result of NVIDIA and the creation of ChatGPT that has really captured the public investors' uh, public investors' attention now. So when you think of AI, uh, whether you understand large language models or whether you understand querying and prompting, what you really have to come back to is what is taking place. And what is taking place is that people are turning to AI models like ChatGPT to take care of sort of foundational work. You know, I have to write a pitch or I have to, you know, do a quick synopsis or summary. I can use AI to do the first draft, and then I can humanize it by bringing in my own personal experience or, or specific knowledge around the topic into the document. So it's making existing employees much more productive. And the concern, I think, is that it might actually carve away a, a large chunk of jobs um, but I think that might be counterbalanced by, you know, making the existing jobs that survive that initial culling that much more productive. Now, for us as real estate investors, well, we have access to data center REITs. And data center REITs are basically large industrial warehouse assets um, that store servers. And those servers are literally storage for all of the data that gets created in the world. I think I've mentioned to your, uh, to your listeners before, Richard, that, 90% of the data that exists in the world today has been created in the last two years. And the surge in things like ChatGPT and other AI models is just going to create more and more data that has to be stored somewhere. So investors can certainly benefit from the surge in AI by getting exposure to data center REITs. And I would say that cell tower REITs are also a beneficiary. Richard, there are over 6 billion mm -hmm. Internet users on the planet, and 92% of their Internet traffic happens through mobile phones. So cell tower REITs are also another way to play sort of the AI trend, if you will. So okay. data center REITs and cell tower REITs, huge beneficiaries of increased AI utilization. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting how it uh, affects that particular sector of the, of the REIT market. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Tell us about the, uh, the fund you manage there and uh, what, what sectors it's invested in today. Right. So the Starlight Global Real Estate Fund is a concentrated portfolio of global real estate entities. We, we only have about 31 holdings. You know, I think you benefit more from putting money into your 10 or 15 best ideas rather than putting money into your 50th or 60th best idea. And the portfolio gives clients exposure to sectors that don't exist in the Canadian market. So we just talked about cell tower REITs and data center REITs. Well, there are no cell tower REITs or data center REITs in Canada. So our exposure to global investments allows investors to get exposure to those subsectors. And real estate is a sector that historically investors have looked to for stable cash flow. Well, right now, the, Glo the Starlight Global Real Estate Fund yields north of 6%. That's paid to your clients on a monthly basis, and it's extremely tax efficient. In fact, Richard, you you'd have to find you know, stocks yielding 8% or bonds yielding 10% to get the same after-tax yield that we offer out of the Starlight Global Real Estate Fund. So even this year, in a year where we've seen dividend cuts out of diversified equities and you know, our fund has already delivered 12, div sorry, 12 dividend increases, yeah. and the average increase has been about 15%. And that's coming off a year last year 
where we had 31 dividend increases and the average increase was 12.7 percent. Yeah, that's so, the, that's the that's the that's the goal there, Dennis, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you when you look at the portfolio, you know we've got a lot of exposure to cell towers and data centers, but residential real estate we talked about earlier today on the call, and uh, that is a big chunk of the portfolio, north of 20 percent of the portfolio, because we do like the trends. We do like the fact that there's very low vacancy, there's not a lot of supply, and that has historically pushed up uh, rents and cash flows from the residential REITs that we own. And then lastly, I'd say industrial real estate continues to be very strong, Richard. Um, and it's the same story. Lots of demand from e-commerce and nearshoring and onshoring, not a lot of new supply. And so rents have climbed to the point where for the industrial real estate space, when a lease expires, we're seeing some of the landlords get 60 and 70% rent growth um, because there just isn't any new supply for tenants to migrate to. And so market rents are significantly higher than expiring rents. Yeah. So when you put it all together, you know, you've got exposure to four or five sectors with very strong fundamentals that are you know, driving distribution growth and feeding that tax-efficient income that investors get from the Starlight Global Real Estate Fund. Yeah, that's great, Dennis. Um... Again, thanks for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate your insights into the real estate market. Anytime, Richard. Love working with you. Yeah, you take care. Bye-bye. Okay, that was my buddy Dennis Mitchell. He's the CEO of Starlight Capital. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. Distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Starlight Capital. Okay, we have about a minute left. Don't forget to call Dominique to get registered for that uh, estate planning workshop on July the 26th. Remember, the number is 1-866-891-2637. And get your name in for that great book. It's called Balance, How to Invest and Spend for Happiness, Health, and Wealth by our buddy Andrew Hallam, and you can get the uh, books. We're going to have a draw for the book. So same number you can dial, 1-866-891-2637. If you want to register for the um, information for the uh, seminar, you can go to our website as well for any of that, uh, which is primetimemoney, all one word, dot C-A. And you can also go to Primetime Money. Dennis has sent us the information on his uh, uh, real estate, global real estate fund, and we're going to post that under in the money section. So if you want to read about all the different... Um, uh, investments that we talk about here on the show. We post them in that section on the uh, website. Um, so that's all the time that we have for today, folks. You have a great week. Happy Father's Day again to all the great fathers out there. We'll see you again all next week back here at 10 a.m. I'm Richard Infantino, and you've been listening to Prime Time Money. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.